Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome to the History AI Podcast. I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're diving into the life of a man who was not just a bird lover, but a legend in the world of ornithology and art. That's right, Marco. We're talking about John James Audubon, a name synonymous with birds and their beautiful depiction. Birds of a feather flock together, and so do we to explore the incredible journey of Audubon. Let's spread our wings and start from the beginning, shall we? All right, let's flap back in time to April 26, 1785. Picture this, Haiti, an island as vibrant and wild as a parrot's plumage. This is where our feathered friend fanatic, John James Audubon, hatched into the world. Talk about a nest with a view. But his nest was a bit ruffled from the start. His father, Jean Audubon, was a French naval officer, not just sailing the seas, but also running a plantation. His mother, Jean Rabin, was unfortunately more of a cameo in his life, as she was a chambermaid who passed away when John was still in his nestling stage. Yeah, and let's not forget that his dad was quite the Casanova, with multiple nests, I mean families. John was actually an illegitimate chick, I mean child. The plot thickens like a pelican's gulp. With the Haitian Revolution brewing, little John's dad thought, maybe a revolution isn't the best backdrop for childhood. So, he whisked him away to France. France in the 1790s. Can you imagine? The French Revolution was in full swing. It was less cake-eatings and more head-rolling. Not exactly child-friendly. But hey, every cloud has a silver lining, or in Audubon's case, every nest has a comfy lining. In France, he was officially adopted and raised by his stepmother, in Moinette Audubon. She was like the mother goose he needed. And this is where little Johnny's love for nature sprouted wings. His dad owned a country estate near Nantes. Imagine a young Audubon, running through the fields, chasing butterflies, and probably trying to chat with the birds. Bonjour Mr. Sparrow. Come and sava, I bet he was the Dr. Doolittle of the bird world. Absolutely Chuck. This estate was like his own Garden of Eden, filled with all sorts of critters. It was here that he started his first sketches, not just doodles, but the beginnings of a lifelong passion. So, from the revolutionary fires of Haiti to the tumultuous winds of France, Audubon's early life was as eventful as a crow at a corn festival. But through it all, he found his calling, the birds and the trees. Just goes to show, even in the stormiest of times, you can find your wings. Or in Audubon's case, start drawing them. So, Audubon flies the coop from France and lands in the United States, the land of opportunity and, apparently, a whole lot of birds. Right, he settles in Pennsylvania and meets Lucy Bakewell. Now, Lucy wasn't just any bird in the nest. She saw Audubon's talent and encouraged him to pursue his passion. She was the wind beneath his wings? Romantic Chuck. Anyway, Audubon, with his head full of feathers and dreams, tried his hand at various ventures. He ran a general store, which was more like a general flop. Then, there was the mill, which didn't quite mill. And let's not forget the lead mine, which led nowhere. Seems like business wasn't really his birdseed. But, during all this, Audubon kept his eye on the sparrow, I mean, his true passion, birds and art. His big break came with his ornithological pursuits. He set out on a mission to depict every bird in North America. 
It was like a bird watching Bonanza with a side of art. And let's talk about the technique. Audubon was like the bird ninja, sneaking through the wilderness, observing these birds in their natural habitat. He had more stealth than a cat near a birdhouse. His art was groundbreaking. He didn't just draw stiff, lifeless birds. No, his birds were dynamic, full of life, like they could fly off the page at any moment. And then there's the famous Birds of America. This book was the size of a small condor. Over 400 life-size prints, and it's sold for a pretty penny. Today, it's worth more than my entire comic book collection. Don't forget the bird brain celebrities he rubbed shoulders with. Charles Lucien Bonaparte, a relative of the Napoleon Bonaparte, was one of his pals. They probably exchanged bird puns over a cup of tea. I'm telling you, Charles, these bird jokes just fly over people's heads. And then there was the time he met President Andrew Jackson. Imagine that conversation. So, Mr. President, ever considered a bald eagle as a pet? Audubon's life was like a bird's journey, full of highs, lows, and a few too many unsuccessful landings. But through it all, his love for birds and art stayed as constant as the North Star. From failed businessman to a legend in the aviary world. That's what I call winging it to success. Now, let's swoop into Audubon's life as a naturalist. He wasn't just an artist with a knack for drawing feathers. This man was a true bird whisperer. Absolutely. He was like the Sherlock Holmes of the bird world, solving the mysteries of avian life one feather at a time. His methods? Revolutionary. He pioneered a technique called bird banding. Before Audubon, people thought birds hibernated underwater during winter. I mean, talk about wild theories. Yeah, and Audubon's like, hold my binoculars, and starts tying strings to the legs of eastern Phoebes. He tracked their migration and, boom, bird banding was born. This guy was traipsing through the wilderness, armed with nothing but his art supplies, binoculars, and an insatiable curiosity. He was more at home in the woods than a squirrel in a nut factory. And his fieldwork was no walk in the park. He's out there, in the dead of winter, sketching. His fingers were probably numb, but hey, anything for science. His dedication was off the charts. Imagine being so into birds that you're willing to face snakes, mosquitoes, and the occasional grumpy bear. It's like he had a do not disturb, busy observing bird sign hanging around his neck. Not to mention, he had some pretty odd methods. Ever heard of his wired specimen technique? He'd use wires to prop up dead birds in natural poses. Kinda morbid, but hey, it worked for his lifelike illustrations. Oh, and he didn't just stop at birds. Audubon was also interested in mammals. His later work, The Viviparous Quadrupeds of North America, was like a sequel, but with more fur and less feathers. He was a naturalist with a flair for the dramatic. His journals are filled with tales of adventure, close calls, and the beauty of nature. It's like reading Indiana Jones' diary, but with more birdwatching and less ancient curses. In a nutshell, Audubon was a man on a mission. He blended art, science, an adventure like a smoothie of awesomeness. His work not only captivated people's imaginations, but also expanded our understanding of bird behavior and migration. So, from banding birds to braving the wild, Audubon's life was as colorful and varied as the subjects of his paintings. Let's glide into the trunk of Audubon's life, his discoveries and works. This guy didn't just paint pretty pictures of birds, he was like the Columbus of ornithology, 
charting unknown avian territories. Exactly. Audubon was not just dipping his brushes in paint, he was dipping them in the essence of discovery. He identified 25 new species and 12 new subspecies. That's like stumbling upon a dozen hidden treasures in your backyard. And talk about dedication. He traveled more than most birds during migration season. From Florida swamps to the shores of the Mississippi, he was out and about, collecting specimens and making observations. He's in the wild, facing off with mosquitoes the size of sparrows, and probably wondering, should I have just become a portrait painter? But it's not just the number of species he discovered, it's the way he depicted them. His masterpiece, The Birds of America, is like the bird bible. Over 400 life-size prints, each page a window into a bird's life. And these weren't your grandma's bird paintings. Audubon's birds were dynamic, full of life and energy. They were so realistic, you'd expect them to fly off the page. This book was a game-changer. It was like dropping a new season of a hit show. People were waiting for each new release. Some of the individual prints were so big, they had to be folded multiple times to fit in the book. Imagine unfolding one of those bad boys. It's like, surprise. Life-size turkey in your face. And let's not forget his lesser-known work, Ornithological Biographies. It's like the behind-the-scenes commentary for the birds of America. Each bird gets a backstory. It's like reading a bird soap opera. His work wasn't just pretty pictures, it was scientific documentation. He captured the behavior, the habitats, the drama of bird life. It was nature's reality show, long before reality shows were a thing. And then, he switched gears to mammals with the viviparous quadrupeds of North America. I mean, who does that? I've painted all these birds, let's move on to the furry guys. John James Audubon, painter, scientist, explorer, and apparently, a man who never knew when to take a break. His works were a mix of art, science, and sheer adventure. They brought the wild into people's homes, inspired countless naturalists, and laid the groundwork for modern ornithology. From new species to mammoth-sized books, Audubon's legacy is as enduring as the subjects he painted. A true master of winged artistry. Let's perch on the topic of Audubon's impact on animal study. This guy didn't just draw birds, he revolutionized how we see them. Before Audubon, bird study was about as dynamic as watching paint dry. True Marco. Audubon swooped in and changed the game. He was like the Steve Jobs of ornithology, but instead of black turtlenecks, he wore muddy boots and had a sketch pad. He brought a fresh perspective to bird study. Before him, birds were usually illustrated like feathered statues. Audubon made them look alive, mid-flight, mid-song. He brought the nature and naturalist. His approach was hands-on and beaks in. Audubon didn't just observe from afar, he got into the thick of it, like a woodpecker digging into a tree. His influence spread faster than a gossip in a hen house. He showed that birds were more than just pretty things on a branch, they were part of a complex ecosystem. And let's not forget his contributions to bird behavior and ecology. He was tracking migration patterns before it was cool. Nowadays, every birder with binoculars owes a bit to Audubon's trailblazing methods. Plus, his attention to detail was insane. He noted the variations in plumage, the differences in songs, and even the way they flew. It was like he had a PhD in birdology. His work also had a ripple effect in conservation. 
By showing the beauty and complexity of these creatures, he laid the groundwork for future environmental movements. It's like he was saying, look how awesome these birds are. Let's not mess this up. The National Audubon Society, named in his honor, continues his legacy. It's like a fan club, but instead of autographs, they're saving birds and habitats. So, from art to science, Audubon's impact on animal study is as lasting as the migration patterns he adored. He turned birdwatching from a Sunday hobby into a full-blown scientific pursuit. Audubon showed us that every bird has a story, every feather a tale. He was the narrator of nature's symphony. And for that, both the birds and the bird nerds are eternally grateful. All right, Chuck, let's gently land on a more somber branch, the end of Audubon's migration, his death, and the lasting legacy he left behind. Indeed, Marco. Even the most majestic eagle must eventually rest its wings. Audubon's final roost was on January 27, 1851. He flew to the great aviary in the sky at the age of 65. His passing was in his beloved Manhattan, New York. By then, he was as famous as a peacock at a turkey convention. But, like a true bird lover, he stayed humble to the end, probably chatting with sparrows till his final days. His last years were not exactly a swan song. Sadly, he suffered from what was likely Alzheimer's, losing his memory, even forgetting his beloved birds. It's like a nightingale forgetting its song. Poetic and poignant Chuck. But let's talk about the legacy he left behind. Audubon's name is more enduring than a parrot's lifespan. His impact? As vast as the sky itself. For starters, there's the National Audubon Society, a beacon of conservation. It's like Audubon's nest nurturing the protection of birds and their habitats. He might not have founded it himself, but it carries his spirit, like a carrier pigeon with a very important message. His art continues to inspire. The Birds of America is not just a book, it's a treasure trove of avian art. It's like the holy grail for bird enthusiasts and art lovers alike. And let's not forget his influence on science and art. Audubon bridged the gap between artistic expression and scientific inquiry. He was like the Bob Ross of bird painting, but with more data and fewer happy little trees. He made bird watching cool. Before him, it was just a quirky hobby. Now, it's a window into understanding our environment. Audubon was to birds what Beethoven was to music, a total game changer. His legacy also serves as a reminder of our connection with nature. In a world increasingly disconnected from the wild, Audubon's work is like a call back to the wilderness, a reminder to look up from our phones and watch the birds. So, while Audubon may have left his perch, his legacy soars on, an eternal flight through the annals of art, science, and conservation. A true ornithological odyssey. Here's to you, John James Audubon, the man who gave the birds their stage. From art to science, Audubon left a mark as indelible as a woodpecker on a tree. And speaking of marks, don't forget to leave your mark by subscribing, rating, and sharing our podcast. Also, check out our merch. The link is in the show notes. Who knows, maybe you'll find something as rare as a sighting of the elusive ivory-billed woodpecker. And as a thank you to our listeners, we're offering a 10% discount on your first purchase. Just use the code The History AI Podcast, all one word, at checkout. Thanks for tuning in to the History AI Podcast. Until next time, keep your eyes to the skies and your hearts with the birds.
step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The Starting Line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.